Um, I'm going to go ahead and encourage you to take your seats, and, and we're going to we're going to kind of stay in this this atmosphere. We're going to uh, make a little audible. We're going to move into the message right now because I really feel like it, it goes along with what the Lord's speaking uh, in the service. And so, middle school, you're dismissed. If you're if you're still here, you can head on out and. Uh, and we've got a, test, a testimony we're going to bring up later. And, but um, the thing that's been on my heart is uh, this concept that the Lord brought back to memory about leaving room. And how important it is for us to leave room for the Lord. Um, I remember when I was in youth ministry um, many years ago. Michelle and I were in youth ministry. And um, we took our Aerostar van on a trip with the youth. And we packed that thing about as Full as you could possibly get it. And uh, we were going up some hills, and as we were going through the hills, the transmission started to slip and started to smell this funny smell. And so kind of knew what that was, and that was that uh, this Aerostar was, was, was probably not going to make it. We had it towed. Long story short, we had a fabulous, powerful weekend with the youth uh, during that time, but we were left with the truth of a vehicle that was... Um, Damaged, gone, got to figure out what to do. The, the cost to uh, fix it was going to be a lot. And so we had it fixed while we were up there in the week. Um, and then it was get home and figure out what we're going to do. And um, I remember as we were testifying to what was going on, someone came up to us and said, hey, the Lord put it upon our heart to buy you a new car. We want to take you to a dealership and want you to pick it out. And um, we were blown away, like, oh my gosh, that's amazing, you know. And we got to this place where as I was talking with the person, they said, hey, can I ask you a question? I said, yeah. And they said, I, I feel like the Lord said, wait three weeks. And um, in waiting three weeks, it was like, okay. And they said, do you, do you think the Lord would speak like that? And I said, well, let's wait three weeks and find out. So we waited the three weeks, and what transpired in those three weeks is the stock that the person was going to sell to purchase the van went up in so much value that three weeks later when they sold the stock, it paid for the van and technically didn't cost them anything because of the, the value of the stocks going up. That's what I call leaving room. There's a passage of scripture in Romans 12:19 that says, do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, it is mine to avenge, I will repay, says the Lord. And I remember reading this about letting, God saying, like, let me handle revenge. And it, it, it came to me like, well, what about other areas? What about letting God handle the challenges or the circumstances in our life? What about letting God Leave, leaving room for his power and leaving room for his intervention and leaving room for his word and his encouragement and leaving room. And this concept of the character of God is if you let me, I'll do, I'll move. And I've come to realize that we have been or you were created to have supernatural power, supernatural power break out in every area of your life. You just got to leave room because I honestly believe he still knows how to part the seas he can still do immeasurably more than we can ask or imagine. He can change his circumstance in a moment. He can heal by the touch of a garment. He can intervene with the word. He can still. 
And I feel like this is an opportunity for us as a people to leave room for the Lord, to take a moment. I, recently, you know, I, I shared this last time we, we, we were, I was preaching and Michelle was in an automobile accident and um, the car got totaled and all of that stuff. The funny thing is after I preached about that week, everything moved, it just shifted, everything moved. And, but one of the things that was funny is, I don't know about you guys, I'm gonna tell on myself. Is it okay if I tell on myself? You, you get in the mood of doing things and you have the ability to just get stuff done. And I'm maximizer and so I, I wanna get stuff done. And in getting stuff done, we were like, we need to, to buy a car and then the money started to come in. So we prayed, we felt peaceful about it. And, and so we looked online and, and bought a car and I, it's Carvana, so you just do it all online. I pushed the button and here it comes. The next morning I woke up and you know what hit me? Le leave room. It wasn't like a negative, it wasn't condemnation, I wasn't in the wrong, it just, everything, it's a, it's a way that I live, a leaving room, and I go, wow, I just, kinda, I just kinda did that. And I didn't feel like the Lord going, yeah, and you blew it, there was none of that, there was a lot of peace on the decision. But the fact that I didn't wait, so I got back online as fast as I could the next morning and I hit cancel, because it was that easy. And they said, are you sure? I said, yes. And they said, are you positive? I said, yes. And then someone said, hey, I'm going to be out of town. I, I'm going to let, you can use my car for a week. And I got this provision. I'm going to leave room. And I'm going to ride this room. And I'm going, to revi I'm going to ride his provision until it leads us to a place. Leaving room is about just waiting for a moment and saying, Lord, is this an area in my life where you want to intervene? Do you want to part these seas? Do you want to lay waste this mountain that stands in front of me? Because I believe the more we pause for a moment, the more we see the breakout of God in our lives in every area because that's what you're created for. We're all familiar with the story uh, in Exodus of the Israelites being led out of Egypt. And, and I wanna spend a little bit of time here this morning just to consider this area of leaving room because I, there's just three quick things I wanna talk that are important about us leaving room. And so in the story you guys are familiar with in Exodus, it, the it's time for the Israelites to be let out. And so Moses goes and he's leading them out. And there's plagues that are going on, but the Israelites are being protected through all of this. And I know I'm going really fast, but it's time. And Pharaoh goes, finally, get out of here. Go, leave, you know, take everything with you. They go. And so they're leaving in a place of victory and triumph. They're leaving with a, with a lot of stuff and they're heading out to their freedom. And to be able to do that, to go from years of slavery and all of this, one of the things, the first point we're going to talk about is there is a massive need for reliance on God. I wanted to use the word trust, but when I looked up the definition of reliance, it's confident and trustful dependence. See, for me, I want to live in a place of confident, trustful dependence on the Lord. And so Exodus 13, this is what happens. It says, after leaving Succoth, they camped at Etham on the edge of the desert. By day, the Lord went ahead of them in a pillar of cloud to guide them and on their way. And by night, a pillar of fire to give them light so that they could travel by day or night. Neither the pillar of cloud by day nor the pillar of fire left its place in front of the people. So the Lord sends them out and they've got a cloud, a pillar of cloud. What did that look like? and a pillar of fire that stood before them, and it stood as a remembrance that went in front of them, the Lord going, I'm with you, I'm with you, I got you, I'm with you. 
And then Exodus 14, 10 comes. Pharaoh goes, what have I done? This is crazy. We let all of our slaves go. And everyone's like, we gotta go get them. So Pharaoh mounts up, not just a few of his army, his whole army, all of his chariots, all of his leaders, biggest, baddest army he can, and he goes, we're gonna go get them. Pillar of smoke, pillar of fire, still with the Israelites. Exodus 14, this happens. As Pharaoh approached the Israelites, the Israelites looked up, and there the Egyptians marching after them. They were terrified and cried out to the Lord. They said to Moses, was it because there were no graves in Egypt that you brought us to the desert to die? What have you done to us by, le- by bringing us out of Egypt? Didn't we say to you in Egypt, leave us alone? Let us serve the Egyptians. It would be better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the desert. There's still the pillar of smoke and the pillar of fire. See, what I've had to realize is circumstances and difficult times try to erode our confidence and our dependence on God. In the midst of fire and smoke, and we're used to it as leading us in all of this, you look past that. This blows me away. You look past that. And there's Pharaoh and his army. And all of a sudden, the, the pillar of smoke or fire, it just fades into the background. And all you see is this massive army. It reminds me of the story of, of Elijah when he's with his servant. His service walks, servant walks out of the tent and he looks and he sees armies surrounding him. He's like, oh my gosh. Runs in and goes, Elijah, we're going to die. The, the army's around us. Elijah goes out there and says, Lord, open his eyes so he can see. And he sees all the armies of God around them. And all of a sudden, perspective shifts, right? All of a sudden, he goes, that army's nothing. So we have to have this reliance, this confidence and dependence upon God because other things are gonna rise up. (coughs) Circumstances, situation, difficult things, and it's the enemy trying to get us to look at the wrong thing. Psalm 20, verse seven, some trust in chariots, we know this, and some in horses, but we trust in the name of the Lord our God. You could also say it this way, first others, 27, some trust in ease and some in capabilities. Or maybe this one, some trust in what makes sense or it's something that's obvious. Or some in circumstances, some in situations. But we trust in the name of the Lord our God. Why? Because we have our confidence and our dependence sent on him. See, that pillar to the Israelites and that fire represented the Lord saying, I'm going to go with you. We have those too. It might not be a pillar of smoke and it might not be a fire that goes in front of us, but it's the things that God has done in the past for you where he's laid waste the enemies that have come against us. And don't allow the circumstances or the stuff in front of us to chip away and try to erode our dependence and our confidence in God. I want to get to this next passage because, man, I, I think... It's all good, but it's not just reliance, but it's also, I love this, to rest. Listen to Exodus 14. Moses answered the people. Craziness going on. You should have left us there. This is what it says. Moses answered the people. Do not be afraid. Stand firm and you will see the deliverance the Lord will bring you today. The Egyptians you see today, you'll never see again. The Lord will fight for you. You only need to be still. We just spend the rest of our time on this. He, he, he goes, the Egyptians you see today, you'll never see again. The Lord's gonna fight for you. Just be still. The distraction, the circumstance, 
the difficulty, the issue that's rising up. I feel like the Lord wants to say to some people today, you're never going to see this again. That reoccurring, that sickness, whatever it is, you're never going to see this again. It's time to get rid of some of those distractions. I find it so freeing when the Lord speaks to the Egyptians, or not the Egyptians, to the Israelites. He tells them, this is what's going to happen. And then Moses reminds them, guys, look, you're not going to see these guys in a little bit. They're going to get swallowed up. When Jesus says, hey, get in the boat. We're going to the other side. Where are you going? You're going to the other side. I think this is why in my life I look back at prophetic words that, that have been spoken and scriptures that the Lord has given me. And it's been so important for me to track those because with those, those are the things where I get to look and say, what did, what did the Lord say? When, when Michelle and I moved from Texas to, to Georgia, um, very excited, couldn't wait to get here, got here as soon as we could. And it's been a blast over 11 years. We love it. And we're so glad the Lord brought us here. It's not to say there weren't difficulties. It's, it's not to say there weren't hardships along the way. It's not to say that, that everything was clean and there, there wasn't pressures and there wasn't. No, there was. And it's in those moments that I have to remember what it was that the Lord said. In my house, I have this big metal sign that says, he restores the years the locust have eaten. When I left Texas, a guy gave me a word and he said, now begins the Lord begins now the years, restoring the years the locusts have eaten. And I was like, oh my gosh, I can't forget this. I, literally, it's this massive metal sign like this big. And it hangs right inside of my door. You want to know why? Because every time the enemy takes something, he wants to try to blur that and make it disappear. And I go, you take what you want. Because when you give it back, 7, 10, 100 fold. Because he's restoring the years the locusts have eaten. It screams at me every time I walk in, in and out of my house. And this is the crazy thing. I don't have to do anything. I just have to rest in the truth of what he said. For the Israelites, they're in a position where it's like, the Lord's going to fight for you. This big, massive, biggest army on the planet that's coming, and they look fierce, and they're all decked out in the same outfit, and they got cool wheels, and they got cool helmets and swords, and they march, and you can hear the thunder, and they've got dust coming with them. All of that, nothing after today. Because the Lord is going to fight for you. All you got to do is be still. And then the last one is to remember. Resilient, rest, and remember. I got to go back in Exodus. So in Exodus 13, this is before the Lord delivers them. Verse 14, it says this. In days to come, when your son asks you, what does this mean? Say to him, with a mighty hand, the Lord brought us out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. Before the Lord set him free, they were talking about what this means and how this stands. And as I said before, I got a little ahead of myself. We have to remember that what the Lord has said. We have to remember what the Lord has done because that's what gives us that confidence. Remember the prophetic words and the scriptures he given because they're life to you in a storm. It's amazing to me the number of times when I come before the Lord and I go, Lord, I don't know what to do. This, this one, I know the last one was big, but this one's bigger. 
this enemy's huge, this enemy's big, I don't know what to do. And, and I'm overwhelmed how kind it is to the Lord to say, does he look like this one? It's almost like, sorry if you're not a hunter. You know, you're a hunter, they have trophies on the wall, all these different animals. It's like the Lord points and goes, is it like that one? And there's a trophy of the enemy that's been laid waste. He goes, or does it look more like that one? Was it as big as that one? Or was it as small as that one over there? Just reminds me. One of the things that I love to do with Michelle is we'll sit and talk about the things that God has done and recount his faithfulness. I call it a trail of faithfulness. And I, I don't have a lot of time to read all of these. I told you about the van in three weeks that ended up not costing anybody anything. Um, I remember when Michelle and I were first going into ministry and we had just signed an 18th month lease and three months into it, I realized I'm called to go into ministry. So the Lord started to move and we found spot and the manager uh, of our complex was, it was a, a, a condo on a golf course. The manager was of a different religion and the owner was an atheist. And I remember we were gonna move and I remember thinking there's no way this is gonna happen unless you intervene. And it was about two hour drive from where we were to where the house was. And we, we got together and prayed and said, Lord, if you're really calling me to do this, you gotta, you gotta fix this somehow. Before I got home, there was a message on my machine that said, hey, we're gonna release you at, at no ramification whatsoever from the lease that you just signed. Made no sense what it does with God. There's, I could, there's so many of these. There's health. Michelle and I had lost uh, three children and they were putting her on bed rest because her cervix was gone. And they said, the baby's coming. It's, it's gonna be premature, all of this. And I remember we prayed, grabbed hands and prayed and they, we, she called me from the hospital because they did one last check and they measured something. Cervix don't, I don't, I'm, not, I'm a guy, but cervix just, they don't grow back. And I, she said, they measured it. And I go, okay, what was it? And she goes, no, you don't understand. They measured it. And I go, I know, what is it? She goes, they me- there's something there. So I remember which, when we, they came back, they didn't want to tell. And the doctor finally comes and goes, I don't know how this happened, but you, your cervix is back. And I said, you know what? That's, that's the cloud off in the distance is the size of a man's fist. My wife's fine. And we literally signed a, a paper and brought her home and she went full term. I could, I could go on, and I'm, not, I'm saying this because we, we prayed for a family member who had walked away from the faith for three years, and he came back with a radical transformation, and he's never looked back. There was broken relationships in the past and having friendships that were severed, and then they're flying through Atlanta, and out of the blue, they go, hey, can we connect? And then that relationship gets restored. I remember praying with our kids at bedtime, and things were, were financially tough, and we didn't have a lot of things, and one of the things, I don't know why, they said, we don't have any meat. I'm like, yeah, we don't right now. The, the freezer's pretty bare. We hang up, say goodnight to them, and then a friend goes, oh my gosh, we need your help. I go, what's going on? And they go, we're moving tomorrow, and I totally forgot about the freezer. Could you come and take all the stuff? Wow. He's like, yeah, we get over there. Do you have any idea what it is? It's meat. While my kids are sleeping, and we prayed for that, we go empty the, the freezer, put it in our freezer. Our kids wake up, and we go, we gotta show you something crazy. I, I could go on. But what I, what, I, what I need, 
What I really feel like where we have to land this thing is this. Guys, you were created as a supernatural being to, to receive God's power and him invading in your life in every area. The only areas he won't are the ones that we go, no. Every area he wants to invade. We just gotta give him room. We, we just gotta give him room. We gotta leave it up to him. Isaiah 40 says this, he gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary and young men stumble and fall, but those whose hope is in the Lord, the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. So let me say this, because I actually, perfect timing, Hannah. I actually felt like today the Lord wanted us to have a time of prayer. And there's three specific, you, you can come up for anything that's ministering to you, but I felt like there's three areas that the Lord wants to do this area in, in leaving room. The first area is maybe, maybe you're here today and you need to trust in the truth that he still parts the Red Sea today. Maybe there's an area of trust. You go, I don't know how I'm getting out of this. I don't, I don't know how this is gonna work. I, I don't, I, I'll tell you something. We do, it's, it's Jesus. And if you're in that place, I'd love for you to come forward to receive prayer so that you can trust in the Lord in that. Or, or maybe you need to rest in the truth that the enemy or the circumstances that you're facing today that the Lord wants to fully do away with. If that's you, I wanna pray for you today as well. And then maybe you need to re have your strength renewed by remembering who the Lord is in your life. Just to remember, sometimes in my life, I've, I've been like, gosh, for right now, I just can't remember what the Lord has done that's good. Ask the Lord, he'll remind you. That's the beauty of it. But what we wanna do is, I'm gonna ask the, any of the uh, elders and deacons to come forward and the ministry team to come forward. And I wanna transition into just this time of prayer. And if your circumstances is in a place where you're like, I need the Lord to intervene, then today's the day. Would you leave room for him? Come forward and receive prayer. And if you're staying in your seats, I wanna, I wanna give you something else to do. Would you create a trail of remembrance? Would you just take a few moments at your seat and ask the Lord to remind you of the things he's done? And if you have your phone, just jot it down real quick. If you have a piece of paper, write it down. Just begin to account for the things the Lord has done for you because those are weapons and bullets against the enemy when he tries to come. Amen? So if you want prayer, trust in the truth that he still parts the seas today or rest in the truth that the circumstances or situation you see today you'll never see again or that to be renewed by his strength, by remembering who he is in your life, we'd love to pray for you. So I'm just gonna ask us all to stand for a moment. And if you wanna come forward, come forward. Hannah's gonna play over us and receive prayer. And then we'll give it a little time and we'll go from there.